0: The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. P C M E 10 for 10% off your total order at bearded dot online. Also a special thanks to built bar for sponsoring the show to get 10% off your order. And to help support the show, use code professional casual at checkout or use the link in the show. notes. Okay. So, Hey, stop me. If you've heard this
1: one. So I asked my girlfriend to meet me at the gym, but she never actually showed up. That's when I knew we weren't going to work out hello lady and gentlemen this is your host d to the d dr d reaching out through the supervision free source of infinity interfacing i am joined today by my partner in infinity b to the t brady t how's it over there in the universe of oppressive aliens brother
2: explosive combat jumps behind you nothing personal kid tips head claw
1: I got to say, I am actually kind of excited for the stupid crabs. They look so deliciously stupid. Uh, today on Arachne, we will be discussing how to improve your gaming skills so that you can pay your gaming bills with your skills.
2: Well, we should pay our bills. So let's get talk about the business. <laughs>
1: Acne is a part of the Professional Casual Network. If you would like to support the network, please sign up at our Patreon or purchase some hot swag at streamlabs.com at Professional Casual Network 1.
2: We are also sponsored by Frontline Gaming and would love if you used the link in the show notes to go purchase your tickets for any of their upcoming events, since it does really help us out. The next event is Cruise Hammer on August 13th through 20th, and if you can't make it that quickly, next is the SoCal Open October 21st through the 22nd. Now,
1: we don't actually know a whole lot about the Cruise Hammer. If there are infinity events there, we don't actually know. But again, we know there's going to be Warhammer, so if you like your GW games and you want to take a week-long cruise while playing them. Honestly, that sounds kind of awesome, just for the novelty of it. So I think, I mean, heck, if you got the time, go ahead and do it. Bring the family. I don't know anything about it. Go and tell me about it. I would like to know. And then we would like to announce one of our local just paramours. We love them. We all love them. I love them. I know you love them, Brady. Wicked Dicey, they're about to run the next Everwinter. It's in December. It's on the 9th and the 10th and it's going to be in the Boston the Weston in Waltham. We went to or at least I went to the last Everwinter. Did you go to the last Everwinter? Ever
2: Winter? I was at Everwinter for Warhammer. I helped Wicked Dicey run over the summer. I I ran the Infinity then. So I uh, this time I'll actually go get to play Infinity. Unless 40K steals me away, but sh- I don't think it's going to happen right now. So I'll almost certainly, or maybe you'll steal me away for like Marvel Crisis Protocol or something. I'll, the winds will change.
1: <laughs> no, I ain't playing no MCP. It's Infinity all the time. It, I, my best showing in Infinity happened at the last Everwinter. I didn't get laughed at. I got 8th, which is like top 10. And there was, I think there was literally 3 million people there playing.
2: Oh, so I'm going, so, I'm going for 7th.
1: Just Infinity. <laughs> you're going, for, you're going for seventh, right? So if there's literally three million people, you just want to be one million, five, one million and a half fish for that middleist. There can only be one middleist, no matter how many people are there. There can only be one. That's how. That's how. That's how math works. All right, and we can never forget our sponsor, Mister Laser at Mister Laser Squat Square Again, he's caught up in all the Shatterpoint stuff, so I know the game is out. I've actually been playing it. Shatterpoints a lot of fun if you like your skirmish type, larger games. It plays a lot, a lot. It plays a lot like Arena Rex. It plays a lot like most of your other like. It's it's very. It's interesting. I don't really know how to describe it. It's not like a lot of other games. The combat system is very much like Arena Rex. I really enjoy it. It's fun. It's not going to replace Infinity to me, but it's a cool like little side game that some of the people around here are playing. Great game highly recommend it amg's great company so if you have any interest in it please uh listen to the other shows in the professional casual network because funnily enough they've been doing a lot of coverage of it there's a lot of videos for it in the network so give that a shot if you have time Alrighty. you dragged me all the way to my microphone so that we could talk about this in front of a camera that other people can't see where we make funny faces at each other while we're talking. What am I doing here? Why are we here?
2: So, yeah, uh, we want to talk a little bit about how do you get to that middle list? If you're finding yourself with the wooden spoon, you want to go from last place, you want to go to that middle list, or you just want to get better at this game that you spend a lot of time building, painting, and that you love. Um And so I certainly am not someone who has gotten very good at Infinity. Uh, I'm not making my dodge rolls. But uh, what I can say, at least for where I'm coming from, from the experience, is I did do that get good Path in Warhammer forty thousand uh, from seventh, eighth, and then finally ninth edition. I was able to go and win a GT. Uh, so I, I have done that like tournament grind and like the steps you need to do to get good at a game. Unfortunately, I just haven't had that time really to throw that same amount in Infinity. But a lot of those ideas of you know how do you get good, especially at, like a war game, do transfer even if the game systems are fairly different.
1: Because honestly, the basics when you really boil down what it is we do. There's really not like that huge a difference in the very, very, very boiled down basics of what we're doing. It's almost like any skill, even in real life. So, like even if we were going to gonna repl- completely replace everything we talked about with this, is how you improve in cooking. A lot of the things we're about to say are things that you can apply to that. So, kind of keep that in mind if you are curious about other games or whatever, or you're maybe you're already really good at Infinity and you want to improve in a different game, maybe even 40K, you know, whatever it, a game that comes out that you're interested in. A lot of this is very much applicable to anything quite honestly. All
2: right. We're a tennis podcast now. Let's do it. All right. So I know that
1: we score in points of 15. All right. First, the best way to learn how to be a tennis podcast mid podcast
2: is how
1: does the scoring
2: work? (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about the first, and I think this, the, this is the most universal applicable. You you still have to mention it first. The first way to get middleist at an infinity is you got to play games. You have to practice. You have to play. You have to actually participate. Um, you can read everything you want online. You can listen to our podcast on loop. Unless you actually play, you're not going to get better. You need the reps. Because
1: it's mostly about like creating the ability to turn theory into actual like practical knowledge. You can sit there and list build literally all day. And until you really get stuck into the like the like the intricacies of maps and how your list interacts with other lists or how it interacts with the meta or how certain tactics you choose go against like certain armies so to put it into perspective if you really want to get good at the game you need to get a lot of exposure now when you get exposed to a lot of different things believe it or not a lot of people think I'm pretty. I'm a boisterous guy. I actually do suffer a level of anxiety walking up to a table to, with somebody I don't know, right? Because I'm showing up with my 300-point list. I have no idea what the other person's bringing, right? When you go to an event and maybe you're meeting someone completely new. You don't know if they're going to be a jerk. You don't know if they're going to be cool. But what you can do to help yourself improve in those situations is if you show up and you know the game because you've played it over and over and over again, and you got the rules that you need to know down, you completely remove that level of anxiety or bandwidth out of your brain so that you don't have to worry about that. Because the best way to combat these situations is to approach the uncertainty of whatever situation you want to try and go into, but you want to have as much rock-hard foundation as humanly possible. And the best way to do that is exposure, play the game, gain the experience, Honestly, yeah, that's like that's that's pretty much like a no-brainer,
2: right? Well, and to even go a little bit more on that as well, what helps you for how do you get those deeper strategies? How do you how do you get that energy to think about all these different like range bands and all these things? And it's like, well, because they're not spending any, you know, the best players are not spending any brain space on what is the range band of a combi rifle. They know that. You know, they know their every unit in their army's stats. And guess what? That's actually really easy quote-unquote like i'm not great at memorizing things that is in fact a variable very tangible thing even for your first game you can know the 15 models in your list and you can generally know the stats that you care about like obviously if your person isn't a hacker you may not want to memorize you know an imitron's willpower which i actually don't think it has one but you, know, you may not need to know every single number, but you should probably know your gunfighter's ballistic skill. You, you should just know that off the top of your head. You should know your hacker's willpower. And doing that allows you to not have to think about, oh, which, you know, uh, is, is this hacker good? What's their number? You think, oh, which hacker is in the best spot to move forward and get the hack off? The less,
1: the least amount of, like, just knowing what's happening, knowing what you're about to walk into definitely helps you essentially approach things from a more like a higher level, right? Cause if you're sitting on the basic where you aren't even sure, like what the movement characteristic of your model is, you're going to approach situations way differently then if you were to go in there thinking, okay, you like before you even put the model on the table and you look, oh, here's this vector I'm going to use to get up the board to approach the supply box or whatever. If you forget that maybe you're in this situation, a beta trooper, beta troopers are 6-2. But if you forget and you're like, oh, yeah, all my troops are 4-4 or whatever, this is a pretty you know basic example. But if you can't even get like that level of basic security down, then yeah, you're going to be approaching situations way differently than somebody who knows what they're doing. As far as like just the most basic of stats, like, can you forget like what the BTS of some of your models is and you have to check it? Yeah, that's fine. Right. As long as you know, it's like maybe it, you know, it's not zero. Maybe that's good enough. Right. Maybe, you, you know, and again, with the willpower thing, as long as you're not paying Pano, it's probably at least 13, you know, at least you would hope. Right. Most of the time, you know, your basic guys are going to be 13s and blah, blah, blah. Something that really helps me approach. And something I've learned with a lot of practice is that if you can start to look at patterns, you can approach so many situations way better armed than you would in, like if you if you didn't know that those existed. So what does that mean? Almost all basic troopers, all their whips, like I was just saying, are almost always 13, other than most pano models or whatever, because that's like the, kind of their weakness. Most gunfighters, they're going to be at least a 12, right? But then if you kind of look at it uh most of the most of the really good ones are going to be 13 right or if you look at like a warband model they're probably going to be like a slightly higher fizz they're probably going to at least be a 12 13 for the dodging and blah 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 once you see these things and you can just kind of assume you may not even be 100% right maybe you don't know the difference between like a certain model
2: being like Norkius, right what's his what's his fizz mr dodge with Yeah. Uh, he dodges on fifteen because he's fizz twelve, but he has a plus three to his dodge. But don't worry, my dice thing is still thinks at sixteen. So, as an example, he's kind of—I
1: guess he's sort of—it's well, not really a warband per se, but he's definitely like a physical characteristic model. If they're a physical characteristic model, you know their fizz is higher than ten. It's probably twelve. So, if you approach it with a template and you're like, "Oh, that's a melee guy," he's probably going to be good at dodging templates. Maybe don't approach him with a with a chain rifle. Maybe you want to dice him, right? That's the kind of stuff that you're going to learn when you just get basic games in and you just get exposed to different things. It's okay to lose. As long as you had fun losing, then a loss is just as good as any win. You will always learn more from a loss than a win.
2: Well, and to kind of go a little bit into our second point, not only do you want to practice because you can you can slam games in on autopilot and learn very, very little. And so what I always call it is it's focused practice because practice doesn't make perfect perfect practice makes perfect and there's a lot of things that you can do to help get closer to that perfect practice a really easy thing uh, that you should be doing is taking photos or notes um, again infinity is a little bit harder just because there are so many like inflection points where like in like 40k you know you can go to the start of the end of the turn and that can basically figure out where where things have moved but there's a lot of things you can do in infinity for you know hey I made this choice. And here is what happened. We're not going to maybe play out the game if I made a different choice, but you can really start accumulating that data because you're going to think backwards, and you're always going to think, "Oh, I," uh, you know, "I." You're only going to remember the bad things that happened, and so you want to be recording as best you can that information, which is going to allow you to more objectively look back at your last game. And then, even if you're not doing that. You should be present the entire game. You know, I, I've we've we've all had those games where you know I, I I'm I just got off work and I go to the game store and it's like well I'm still thinking about work I'm still thinking about you know the the chores I got to do tomorrow I'm texting people you know you're you're there you're not like completely being rude to your opponent and not paying any attention but you are not like at your tournament level. And if you're practicing, you should, if you're practicing for tournaments or you're practicing, you know, for whatever level you want to be, let, again, like we're saying middle list, you should always be playing those practice games as if that, you know, the middle list is on the line. It's the third round. And if you, you know, get to that middle point, you're going to be the middle list.
1: I will say that if you want to approach something with a pitch, perfect game in mind, you have to, you have to control the emotional portion of your brain and the logical portion of your brain. Because quite honestly, they it, it's very difficult for those two things to coexist, right? If the emotional part of your brain is present, your logical brain is kind of completely out the window. Your limbic system takes over comp- almost completely when you start to like lose your mind, right? So as soon as you start to tilt, yeah, you're, the, the time of learning is probably gone. This is coming from me, by the way. The, the one who's known to have like fake little like rants and tantrums while we're playing and all that. I guarantee I, I promise it's for fun. I'm actually not having an emotional breakdown and I'm, you're crying. I'm not crying. So if you come at it from the perspective that if you can detach yourself from mostly, it's mostly roles, right? That's usually where people get a little tilted. If you can detach yourself from that, the, res, the result of a role that maybe shouldn't have happened, you're much more inclined to really learn what it is that you're trying to do. So what I always recommend is before you even roll the dice or you think about what could potentially happen. So if you're going to take a model and go on an attack run and you're going to shoot it at Atlanta, who's in a sniper tower across the board or whatever, you want to make sure you know how many dice you're going to go into it with, what number you're looking for, and what number they're looking for. If you go into it and you got a rough idea of what it is that you're going for, you can make a much more informed decision. Right. So if you go up there, and I and I in, in my, our store, I always bring it up with the other person. I'm like, okay, hey, I got five dice. I got an HMG. I get plus three, minus three cover, this, that, boom, 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 whatever. I need 12s on five dice. They have some kind of sniper who's got marksman or whatever. Maybe it's a Zayden or whatever. They need 18s and they have two dice. Who wins that role, right? More than likely the person with more dice. The weight of dice is always better, right? But dice are pretty much a variable, right? So if you come at it in that perspective, that's a role that maybe you don't want to take, Right, maybe you want to come after that Zayden from a different angle. Maybe you want to use a drop troop. Maybe you want to use a guided missile, like shoot a pitcher up and you know blow him up with a missile or whatever. But if you don't think about the specific engagement that you could have potentially got yourself into, you can't make that decision. So what you could even say is, if you're just in a practice game with somebody who's going to the same event or whatever, you could take a second and be like, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think?" Right? Maybe you do it. And you say, okay, I'm just going to go up and try and dice them off. You do it. It doesn't work. And then you say, hey, can we just rewind the tape real quick and try the other way? And then we can go back to what I did just to see if maybe it happens that way. You got to be in the same like train of thinking as the person you're playing against. So you, maybe this is something you want to discuss before you actually play. But I've done it a few times with a couple different people. And you always learn way more because of the fact that you're not pigeonholed into, oops, I, I messed up. Now I got to sit through this snowballing effect of I lost my gunfighter and everything's going to fall apart. So you don't really learn anything in those situations, right? Other than don't do that. But then you don't learn, well, what if I tried this other thing? So that's my rule in that, in that regard.
2: Oh, you can always you can always dice me off, Doctor Deke. And you actually kind of jumped ahead, and I do want to bring it up. Of the, uh, in my opinion, I call it number four. Be willing to modify dice results uh, to test and learn. Like you said, you do really want to make sure that you're both coming in, acknowledging that it's a practice game designed to teach or learn or simulate. Because, like, even like especially as a 40k player, when I was running tournament practice, if either one of us got like a really out of statistical left field and it's like, well. It didn't teach either of us anything if, like, the whole game plan falls apart because of that. Like, it does teach you that the game plan will fall apart, which is good to know. But then, a, like, a many, many times, i go, like, okay, yeah, you did actually make that 4-inch rerollable charge. You do have to be ready to, like, to lose after that. And I, I actually played a game, uh, a person I played frequently, and in RTT, he he failed a rerollable 4-inch charge. And it was just, like, and he just didn't have the recovery because, of, because he didn't have enough practice in... Uh, people always talk about the negative of, you know, hey, you reroll a, a statistically bad roll for yourself. You know, you pop out, you're hitting on, you have four dice hitting on 16s and they have one dice hitting on fours and they just crit you. And you're like, can we rewind that? And a lot of people should. And I think that is beneficial. But on the other hand, you can also be the person where, you know, like that person who rolled the four could be like, you know what? Let's say I missed because I think this is actually going to give me... A, a weird understanding of how this model should work, you know again, I always joke norkius for me rolls sixteens he does not roll fifteens he rolls sixteens, and that is something I have in my head, but in a lot of so it'll teach it'll teach me bad habits. Because I did one or two games where I rolled some 16s. And so now I have this bad habit of being like, well, Norkius won't make his dodge. So I'll put him in situations where it's like, well, I get full cover, I get nothing, and I'll start making weird calls. And so I, I've had opponents be like, who I practice with frequently, and it's like, you don't dodge enough. You're not, you, why aren't you leveraging dodge more often? And it's because I I am choosing off of bad practice data to be like, well, I don't make my dodges. And that's holding me back. And I think that is a big, thing you know like the like guy mentally trying to get past that hurdle but we all really want to think about it when we're when we're playing that dice variance is a thing but you should almost always be testing both and both spectrums of it of you know, the really good, the really bad. But a lot of times, if you can get most of your practice games to sit somewhere in the middle, at least for some percentage, that is really, really valuable to to kind of teach you how a new unit can operate. But then you also need to be able to take your low rolls and be like, hey, this game, assume I, you know, I never crit. If I roll a crit, it was one. It was one below the crit. And what if you're playing a game where you never crit? And then you could do the opposite way of, hey, if it's one under, like, let's assume my crit number is two numbers. And like, what what can that look like? Because if you play a list and it's like, oh, your, your crit number is, you know, 5% higher. So you have a 10% chance of critting and you that list still gets run over. Well, that probably, you know, either your strategy fundamentally didn't work or the list didn't work because that is such a huge mathematical advantage that, like, you can't plan for better.
1: And as a good example when I was practicing for one of the local events, I had a prowler. <laughs> I, he listens to the show. So he knows exactly you Yeah. And I know who I know who you are. So my prowler comes out of hidden deployment, literally perfect range bands. I'm shooting a Grenzer inside his negative eight. I'm in my positive three. Everything's perfect. My way, the dice hit, you know, he's got two dice to my four. And of course I get crit. So actually funnily enough in that game, we did exactly what we just talked about. We actually finished the game and I lost. Right. I lost by a couple of points. Then we had enough time in the night where I said, what would have happened if that had not have like, what, have, what would have happened if that, if that crit had not happened? So we went back, we were like talking about it. And then I said, let's just do it. Right. So we were like talking, we were like doing the talk it out type method and we were rolling dice. I said, was like, let me roll the dice. See what happens. You know, blah, blah, blah. If we were to do that with a complete reroll, boom, I would like, say I win the roll. I shoot him and then he dies. So we actually kind of play the rest of the game from that hypothetical situation, come to find out, I still lose. So I actually learned in that situation. Oh yeah, I did get. I didn't lose the game because of that crit. I lost the game because I am a doofus. That's why I lost because I'm
2: bad. Well, in in the kind of again, the what our next piece of advice is: take advice with salt, with a lot of salt. Uh, I think actually one of the the hardest things at wargaming is especially infinity, especially infinity is pinpointing when a mistake actually happened or the, the important mistake. Cause again, you're like, Oh, it was that crit. And you're like, well, no, it in fact was, you know, your deployment, you were never going to win unless your opponent did something major because your deployment <laughs> was in theory poor or, you know, whatever ended up being. And it's really hard to identify that moment without having like almost like a third person watching behind you or redoing some of those key moments. Um, so that's one where you always, you always want to ask your opponent after any game you, you win or lose. I mean, especially after you lose, Hey, what could I have done differently? Uh, is there, was there a model that you were afraid of that I wasn't using? Was there a strategy that you thought I you know could have pursued that I didn't end up doing? And they could be wrong. They could tell you something and they could be completely, completely wrong. Or they could be right. Um, It it is just one where I see a lot of, uh, you know, again, it's the, oh, if I just this one crit change, it's like, well, it didn't, it didn't actually. So people will take some of the, uh, the, those areas as gospel. And sometimes you need to actually pull a step uh, even further back than what what you're saying. Uh, The other area I see a lot of times in criticism, which is the like, don't use this model, you know. Unless something is like legitimately, legitimately bad. Like, and like, I have a hard time thinking even like just really, really bad. But like, you can obviously build really bad lists. Like, you know, that's actually probably pretty easy in this game. But unless you're using some like you're, you're literally taking the worst hits of your co uh, of your of your list. It's fine. Not everything needs to be hyper-optimal, especially in Infinity because so much of the game is dictated by the dice because there is so much large dice variance. But also there is a you can take a less efficient option and know how to use it better. And that is a huge area where I think people don't respect that enough uh like we're seeing a lot of new rules come out people like have a lot of talk about it and it's like well yes this is not optimal but you can use it actually in it like it solves an interesting problem over here even if it's still not doing it optimally that may be more conducive to your play style um because like i know i can't i probably will never i'll do it for fun but i'll be really bad at the here's my blank list Style of list, uh, I'm definitely like, or or kind of list that's like, yeah, hey, you're gonna castle up and never move. I'm a very aggressive player. Uh, I prefer, you know, a, just maximum aggression in my play styles. So units for me that are very like, hey, you don't want to push it forward. It really doesn't want to do those things. They always inherently go against my play style and how I want to think. So even if its stats are 10% better, it's probably going to behave about 20% worse for me. Because I look at that profile differently and my brain doesn't really like get what it's trying to do.
1: And I think a lot and it's funny in this game, you know, just games, right? You get talking heads where you have people in different channels, whether it be Discord or their own YouTube channels or whatever. But you'll notice that a lot of people will get, you know, you figure content creators get pretty... Pretty emotional about some of this stuff, right? They're like they're into it, obviously, right? It's like a part of them. So like if they say, oh, hey, this particular unit is bad, you're gonna get a brand of people that really like listening to this YouTube person or whatever, essentially just take on the opinion, oh, this unit must be bad because dad thinks that the unit is bad. So it creates an issue, I think, that when somebody comes online onto a Discord channel per se, right? So let's say you go to the Infinity Discord and you're like, hey, what do people think about? whatever like let's just say gangbusters right from 012 i'm not an 012 kick by guys by the way i'm I'm jumping on to 012 for my next couple of minutes anyway so if somebody comes on there and somebody let's just say i don't know whoever i don't know vol right we all kind of know who vol is so let's just say and i don't know if this is true or not don't attack me so if vol doesn't like gangbusters or whatever. Now, all of a sudden you have a bunch of people that are going to be listening to all think, Oh, that unit is bad. And essentially they're going to tell new people, Oh, don't play this unit because they're bad. Right? So what I've noticed on the infinity discord that I always taken in, take into perspective is that when you go into these channels, before you start posting and asking for advice, maybe scroll up or down and just look for the names that kind of consistently come up. Right? So in the O 12, channel for the Discord, there's a couple of people where as soon as I see their name, I'm like, okay, this guy has been around for a long time. He doesn't ban jump. He's been playing 012 literally like since I've started using the Discord. He must kind of at least know what he's talking about. Because every single time I, I ask about a unit or whatever, a tactic, this, that, they always have an opinion. And you'll notice that the people that are actually good in those situations tend to be more... I want to say optimistic, if that makes sense. They're less likely to be like, oh, hey, this unit's bad. It might be a case of they won't say it's bad, but they'll be like, you know, I really like the gangbuster, but I really like the Sharko more, whatever, something kind of like that. So I've noticed that if you go online and you really want to learn like this advice, right, the salt that you should keep in mind is if the person seems like an embittered tryhard, maybe don't listen to them. Go to the people who actually enjoy the game enough to think about, oh, hey, let's kind of consider more than just one thing that might be slightly, you know, the more optimized of these things or whatever, right? Does that make sense?
2: Oh, I'm in total agreement. I mean, I also am looking like, start naming more people. I want beef. I want beef in the Discord. Not to me, though. Remember, Dr. D said it, not Brady T. Brady T's on your side, loves you all. Dr. D, on the other hand, we're throwing down. But no, I think that's actually, you know, optimism in general is really important to get better you should always be looking to find like you like this game for a reason don't forget that don't let the grind become this thing that makes you no longer have fun like towards the end of ninth edition i wasn't having fun so i pretty much stopped playing warhammer um and i've come back a little bit intense but i like wasn't having a great time of fun i'm like hey i'll i'll probably enjoy it in six months you know like I'm not going to force myself to play. Like if I was making money off of it, maybe, but I think that percentage of people who are making money off of, off of these hobbies that we love are absolutely minuscule. Um, And like, I even said that I was like, if I like woke up tomorrow and was like, damn, I hate infinity. Like, okay, maybe I'm not on the podcast anymore. I mean, I hope that's not going to happen. I like talking to my buddy, but you know, like we're, we're not making we're not making bank off this so like be positive I, I guess is or try to find reasons especially in infinity there's only like a handful of profiles i think someone's shown it's like yeah no i don't see why that's used but also like there are some profiles like i, I run actually in a lot of this with combined army and onyx contact force with like why would you ever use that profile it's like well because i don't have access to the speculo killer so i use my maligno it's like or like why aren't you using a shroud it's like because i don't i don't have access and so there is sometimes sectorial differences um, where profiles can change and again also just if you're focusing on more hacking more offense more defense like all these different things can make a model's value in a list go up and down so really take anyone who's saying you know especially like again a model bad take that with some pretty grains of salt try it out yourself maybe you'll learn yeah no they're right they know what they're talking about and again take that advice for especially if it's you should have done x move differently really do take that with some salt really try to interrogate it, look from their perspective the the one area though that i think you shouldn't take with a lot of salt is because like i know i have a hard time because i put a lot of salt on it is when opponent says wow that unit was scary and i go no it wasn't it didn't do anything or it died immediately it lost its first dice roll but that doesn't stop the opponent from being scared of it and that is always powerful in a game even if the unit isn't scary if they're like wow that's a close combat monster and you're like it it hits on 14s and has no combat abilities but for whatever reason that opponent is scared of it and especially if you hear that from like multiple maybe try to investigate why that is oh it has i don't know explosive when it dies or something and so you're like oh no it just dodges into them and then dies in the combat phase you know it dies dies when they go to swing and it may help you think about something differently because like that subjective feeling of I'm scared of that unit is never actually wrong, even if it is like, quote unquote, objectively wrong. And
1: something that my brother in arms, Jesse from Fury's Finest, always says him and his co-host, Chris. Love you guys, by the way. They say every single So in MCP, that's their, their podcast about MCP, which is about comic book heroes. Right. So they put this in a perspective. And I think a, a lot of it can apply to Infinity as well. They said every single character that comes out in that game is somebody's favorite superhero. The exact same thing can be said about all of the profiles in Infinity. For some reason, when you look at the profiles, a profile is just like, man, I really love the concept of this because of the lore or whatever. I'm, I might say the name wrong, but the Odalescues, the Hakkaslam ladies with guns. I look at them and I'm like, man, these guys are awful. They are way too bloated. I would never want to pay these points. But I guarantee you there's somebody out there who simps for them, right? They're just like, man, I love this unit. I love how they have 10,000 rules on them that don't seem to really help get much done. But, man, I'm really into it. And you know what? That's okay. Maybe they find the way to play it. They're the one that offers a perspective that maybe you never considered. But still, you got to take it with a grain of salt.
2: So we're going to go a little bit to what you had mentioned and we're kind of back more on the order of the, of the document, you know, to get to peek behind the curtain, play against better people than you. If you are winning all your practice games, you are not learning enough. You learn so much more through defeat than you do through a victory. Uh, as well as those people can give you some much more usually much more educated takes on why they believe things, or why they're doing things. So you really need to find people who are at your level or better. If you're if you know you're showing up to the game store and you're just winning every single time, you're not you're not getting better. I mean, you're probably still getting a little bit better because you are getting practice, you are focusing, but you're not going to get those big leaps. And the thing I always talk about with you know, again, it's talked about a lot in 40k of like, I want to play a gentleman's game. I don't want to get it. I don't want to do gotchas. You. you forgot one of my rules. I'll let you. You know, move your model back, or you know, whatever ends up being. I'll let you do what you would have done knowing my rule. Because if I win games by you not knowing information, the moment I hit a player who's better than me and knows that rule, they're going to obliterate me. So I'm like, Oh, you don't, ha you don't know, you know, combined army well enough to know some really basic ideas. Like if I tell you I have a willpower 17 for my, you know, for my check at the beginning, Like I just straight up tell me, like you, you know, I'm running the Avatar. Like you, you know, there's no other army, there's no other lieutenant model in my army that that could be. It's an iconic model. Like I'll just straight up tell you, especially if you're not familiar with Combined Army, because that for me would feel like, yeah, I guess I technically am like hurting myself, but I would rather you know win in those situations. Because if I can't beat you by you not knowing the Avatar, like okay, that's that's not helping me improve at all.
1: I mean, I would say growth happens in the world of discomfort. Like if you're looking to become better at something at any, and again, anything. So like, let's say you want to work out and get stronger. Like when you work out the next day, you feel achy. That is the discomfort of growth. Like if you are constantly in your comfort zone, you will never learn to become like the next better version of you. Honestly, As as a doctor, right, I get a lot of people that come through my door, and this is always something I think to myself. If somebody comes in and they're in a situation where, and you can apply this to games, right? We're a gaming podcast. I'm going to try and bring this home. But if you come into my office and you're like, man, I feel like I'm at rock bottom. Like, If you're playing Infinity, you just cannot win. You cannot figure out what it is you're doing wrong. You essentially have two choices. You can learn to grow from it, and you could be like, man, I know what it's like to play really bad. It's literally all up from here. Everything you learn from that point will make you a better player because you already know what it's like to be at the bottom. Or you can choose to decide you're a victim of it and constantly say that it's the dice or whatever. Do dice games dice? Absolutely. But can it happen every single game you play? I mean, maybe. Maybe you are having like a really bad run of luck. But at some point, the fever is going to break and you want to be make sure you're ready for... Your ability to just take off once the dice decide to come back and join you. Right. So, like Brady's saying, find people who make you uncomfortable, uh, skill level wise. If they make you uncomfortable because they don't bathe, maybe don't pl- pick them. That's a whole other like kind of discussion. But find the people who are better than you. Get crushed, get just get stomped, but make sure you, do- like I was saying earlier, don't let the emotions take over. Keep the logic. Why did he make this move? Ask him. Right, if he knows he's better than you, why would he hide it? Right, if he's not a if he's not a jerkwad, he's going to tell you. They usually the good players in Infinity really like the game. They don't want to see the game fail. Are they jerks? Yeah, but you don't play against them. They're probably the ones that don't bathe.
2: Well, even to to, to bring that up, uh, uh, Queens Gambit, one of our the local stores I play at it and and help run events at, had an event recently, and one of the best players in North America showed up. And played someone who that was their first tournament game ever and they played round one. And he obviously it was it obviously was not close. Actually, I think he got a point off him, which was like, yeah, good job. But but more importantly, uh, we played we played later on. I think it's been like two or three weeks. And he was saying, oh, yeah, he was telling me, always have your tags go first. Always do these certain things. And it's like, damn, you learned so much more than by playing me because I'm not going to have that thing. You know, that deep ingrained that like that good, really situational advice or even just like basic advice, like just ingrained into my like being that I can just kind of like rattle it off after, you know, after a quick round. And so like dude got so much better after one game. And yeah, it's not going to be fun to get crushed, but you got to be uncomfortable sometimes.
1: It can, but that's the thing is it can be right. It depends on the person. And if you're going in there, you're going into it with the right mentality. Like, if you know you're going to lose, it's like, all right, let me make a small goal. Like, if you're playing against somebody with a tag, be like, my goal is to kill that thing. Maybe it has it's nothing to do with winning, but you're going to walk away with the moral victory of killing the Drago or whatever it is. Now, I think this kind of moves really, it's a really good segue into one of the points that I really thought was the most important, is that what you want to do is you want to get as much exposure again Play more games, but it's very important for you to try and play the, play the armies that you have difficulty trying to beat. Now, I actually got this idea from Metachemistry. We don't really have a lot of ties with them, but I do listen to their podcast. They're great guys. Love you, Devin. And one of the things that they went over in one of their recent episodes was if you're having trouble against a certain kind of list, me, it'd be Steel Phalanx or tagless. I really don't know how to beat tags. Everybody's like, yeah, shoot it with a fear And I'm like, but what if I don't have a fear What if I'm playing nomads and I don't just get access to AP spitfires other than the Pentiant? What do I do? Well, if you play, say you proxy an army, you're like, I'm going to play steel phalanx. I'm going to proxy an army. I obviously ask if that's okay, play them. And then all of a sudden the fog tends to go away. Cause you're like, Oh, I f- my weakness is if I lose Yuduros, my entire list falls apart. Oh, if Atlanta doesn't suck up a bunch of orders, oh, I just lost a ton of points. Atlanta's not very good against a giant beetle thing that lands on the tower with her and then shoots her with an AP damage 15 combi rifle. Thankfully, those don't exist in this game. Right? Nobody has a strength 15 AP combi rifle. What do you think?
2: no one no one does uh th- it would be too strong they'd never they never print it be the most op op model in the game if i can bring that to the bank bring that to the bank discords um no the um that that's really important again that's the what is what is your opponent fear and by being the opponent, you can actually feel like, again, you play that Steel Phalanx, you get an idea. And obviously, you won't be as good because you don't have the, the practice with it. But you will start getting some of the ideas of where are their pain points. You know, you can make some stupid mistakes and be like, wait a minute. They made that mistake that I made in my game because I didn't know what I was doing. I can capitalize on it the way my opponent did. That kind of leads a little bit to... This is probably my more controversial take, I think at infinity, like I'm actually really interested to hear the feedback on this one. So it's a, it's a very deep concept in 40 K. Like it's like, it's, it's pretty big in 40 K of you. If you want to get better, you take one list. It doesn't matter the list. You take one list and you jam 10 to 20 games with it. And until you've done that, You don't change it. Maybe you change like a model. Like we're 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 talking, you can change about a hundred points or so. You know, basically it's the exact same list. And the idea is, it really helps you learn what you can push. When you can push, like, you know, when when your back's against the wall, what units can start doing, you know, what units can like surprise you and start taking on these secondary roles that you didn't think they could do. And it it really takes the amount of factors that you have to consider on a game to date on a game to game. Again, you you were like, oh, the crit was what caused me to fail. Because there's so many decision points. Take away the well, is it this new model? Could I have done a different model? I think Infinity is a little bit harder to give that exact advice for because one list from one mission to the other is can be so wildly different. Like how you want to build on, you know, power pack or something would be pretty different uh, than like biotech vor or something. I'm just kind of throwing out names right now. Um, so I, I'm a little bit l- hesitant on that, but I do think you can do that practice for. I know every time I play Power Pack, I'm going to play this same list. And maybe again, this is a if you can find a uh, a practice partner who you're going to say, "Hey, let's find three missions. Like let's get three games in today. Let's find three missions that are like Power Pack that this kind of list would be good in." And you and you jam that list three times and like no changes whatsoever. Uh, I, I think I do think there's a lot of value to. People get really, really hung up on lists. I do it too because, like, it's a really fun thing to do at home. You know, when you're when you're pretending to work or all these different things, you can think about your list. You can talk about your list online, and we so we get really, really obsessed on finding like that optimal perfect list. And in many, many, many cases, the you changed a hundred points of your army, like. Actually, it didn't matter because your core problem was that you're not deploying properly, and so focusing on like, no, I'm only going to take this one list fo- forces you to learn those those patterns because you're not focusing on that that you know what models that I take, what units that I take, what could I have taken differently. You're like, nope, I can't change it for next game. So how do I play differently? And that's and again, in a tournament, you can't change your list game to game. I mean, again, you bring two lists, but you, you know what I mean. <laughs>
1: In scientific research, they call these things controls and, you know, uh, variables. Right. So, if you want to learn how to be better at the game, the more you can control constants, the more that you can learn from the variables. If you have the same list, one hundred percent, you will notice the little differences that tend to happen. The more and more you use it. So my general my approach to this very same concept would be: thankfully, most of the time, you know what the next event you're going to is. Usually, you know, at least up here in the Northeast, we always tend to know you already know what scenarios are going to be there more than likely. So around here, we always kind of know what's coming, right? You're like, because the next one up here is one of those direct uh, action missions, which are all the like si- the 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 baby. I don't really use that word. The baby versions of the big boy scenarios. So we know that those are coming. What can you do in those situations? when? I say I'm I'm probably going to bring Starmada, right? So if I'm going to bring Starmada, what I do is I build the basic core concept of what it is I'm trying to do with with all the lists that I'm going to bring to that event. Let's say 200 points, right? I think 200 points is a great amount of uh, gives you just enough leeway to be like, okay. I'm going to do the killing direct action one. Let me bring the more combat guys. Oh, we're going to do the ones you get bonus to hackers. Okay. You fill the rest of those hundred points with those variables that you can essentially control for that specific thing. And you're absolutely right. You can't bring two lists. So the good thing is, is that if you know you're going to these events, what you could do is you could build one list to play all of them. Right. Think about, oh, well, when I was doing biotech for, I really could have used X. But then when I was playing Firefight, well, the list I brought was really good for that. Let me try and make it so that my other list is designed for that one or whatever. And I've always been a big supporter of the idea that when you bring your two lists, I build them for board density. I don't really build them for scenarios. There are some people out there that just bring one list to play at all the scenarios anyway. If you are that kind of person, what I would always recommend is bring a list with the boards that are just way too open. Tons of sniper rifles, long range weapons, HMGs, great ARO pieces, and then make the other list a short range one. Super dense board, lots of templates, shotguns, war bands, great fizz models, and then kind of wiggle them into the scenarios. Right. The short of what I'm trying to say is build the core competency of what it is you want to do with your list. And just like Brady said, give yourself like 150 to 50, 150 to 100 points of just like, yeah, this is what I'm going to use to do what I want to do. And then when you do change it, only change like 20 to 50 points at a time, one or two points or one or two models that you can just kind of swap out so that you don't completely fundamentally change the
2: list in one go by accident. Well, because it also can become a crutch and I see it a lot with that, that mid that, like, again, this is the, the mid tables uh, where, you know, people can get really toxic for whatever reason is people tend to really focus a little bit too hard on their lists and their model choices. And it's an it's a crutch. It's it's like blaming your dice. It's like, well, oh, I you know I should have brought this model instead of this model. I totally would have won the game. And it's like, no, you probably wouldn't, because like that really good player can actually bring like pretty on optimal lists and, and still run circles around you. Uh, I, like I don't want to go to you into 40k, but one of the kind of better examples was, it, and towards the end of ninth edition, adeptus mechanicus was not considered a very good faction. One of the best players in the game, Richard Siegler. Was like no, I just know how to play this faction. I know what exactly what I need to do, and still ended up winning with a considered underpowered faction. So every single like normal person who played that faction was like, "Please stop nerfing us. We're not as good as Richard Siegel just because this person knows how to play this army perfectly." But that's that is something where I think people can focus too much on their list instead of just focusing on how do I play the best possible game with the tools I have.
1: And the winner of at least one of the last events was a Merc faction. I think it was. I want to say it was, dash- I actually don't remember which Mercenary Faction was, but it's the one that people consider to be really, really bad. Hey, he won. He won a big event with him. And from what I understand, he's just a great player. You can win with whatever you want, but you need the reps.
2: So I have, I have one last one, my controversial, before I go into my, like, my absolute last one. Um, and this one is probably a little bit more on the controversial just because people don't like the word coach um but i I actually think finding someone you know a, a mentor slash coach uh type person i think is really really beneficial uh i i taught i coached swimming for a very long time I think there's a lot of benefit to finding someone who is better than you whose opinion you value and you can go to them and be like hey I want you to break me and we're going to play regularly and like almost treat them slightly more than a practice partner. Cause like you can kind of set up that relationship of all our games. I want you, you know, like, Hey, we're going to talk about ahead of time, what we're trying to learn, what we're trying to do. And, you know, obviously, you know, 40 K has actual like services. Uh, I, I had actually used uh, on my, I'm a rise up. I had, Subscribed to Art of War Coaching, uh, and I actually had a great relationship with my my coach. Uh, shout out to Mister Jack Harpster. He's um, he's actually an infinity player as well. Um, but you don't actually have to go that far. You you know you can just be like, hey, I'll buy you dinner, or I'll pay for the drinks. Uh, you know to kind of incentivize that you're you are giving me some of your time, and it isn't inherently going to be as fun for you. And obviously, you know, we all kind of have that coaching role to some degree when we bring a new player in. You are essentially being their coach to be like, I'm going to teach you this game. I'm going to be this this pathway, this mentor. And, and again, I think some people do get caught up on the, the actual word coach because there's a lot of, you know, baggage with that word. But it really is like a mentor type figure, someone who really is going to be your or your sensei or, you know, whatever whatever you want to say. And they're going to bring you, uh, they're going to shepherd you. And you're, they, they're going to be the like i said take grains with salt they're going to be the opinion where you're going to go you know what i'm going to try to just trust you and go with and go with what you say even if you're wrong uh, but like i really value your opinion so are
1: you, and the thing is is i know exactly who my senpai is um i always owe, owe every time i see him you know i put it like a little cat ears i No, it's is creepy anyway yes even i dr d trained medically type person have a mentor And let me just tell you something. One of the wisest things I ever heard was the person who thinks he knows everything will learn nothing. If you show up to a situation and there's somebody who's, who consistently scores better than you is much better at the game than you. If you go into the conversation already knowing that you know more than him, it doesn't matter what they say. You're not going to learn anything. So even if they're not like your specific mentor, if you know the person is better than you just listen to what they're saying. Right. It's amazing what you can learn in just a little bit of like with the with a little bit of context that you may have completely missed when they mention something like as a passing remark where they're just like, yeah, you know, I'm not a big fan of car who's because of, you know, whatever. So it's those situations where even if you don't have a specific mentor, you just kind of want to listen. The person that opens their mouth, closes their ears, just listen to what these people have to say. I do agree. Find someone in your local shop or local area who's who you know is better than you. And then just be like, hey, bro, can you drill me and just tell me what it is I need to learn? So when I was learning, when I came back for N4, my senpai, I specifically asked him, hey, I would deploy. And I'd say, rate my deployment right now before you even deploy. Just look at it. And he would tell me, oh, this is bad. This is good. Whatever. You should have done this, this or that. And then I would say, based on whatever he says, I would ask, can I redo it? And he would say yes or no or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I would learn from that. My deployment... Way better than what it used to be. I am so much better at it now that you have someone who specifically takes the time to dissect the specific thing that you are trying to learn. So if you find yourself having difficulty with it, also ask them, hey, I'm having a problem with A. Can you teach me
2: A? And something to add to that uh, a little bit, what you said, I'm having a problem with A. (laughs) Infinity is a game where you do kind of need to play out the whole game to really get the full. Again, like uh, I've done a lot of 40k, and that's one where you can go like, we're just gonna play. We're gonna play the first two turns, and we're gonna re rack, and we're gonna do that four times so we can get a lot more experience because the opener and 40k tended to matter a lot more. Where like infinity, if you played like just a turn or just the first two turns, you're not gonna get the full. But you you actually can still do that because you can say, hey, I want to practice turn two on i feel really confident in like when i go first and i have all my attack pieces but when i get to turn two i don't know what to do and like you're running an avatar list and they go okay uh we're gonna say it's turn two your avatar i only killed your avatar I put all my focus in your avatar so you have all your resources this is like legitimately the best you're ever gonna get win the game go um i mean i had that with uh I, i played a game my first avatar list he poked out on the first order of the first turn of the game he poked around the corner and immediately one shot by a missile launcher immediately hundred to zero. And it was like, uh, i was like, okay, can we just re rack? And it's like, yep, just take that order back and do something else. And it's like, okay, thank you. Cause that wasn't going to be fun, but you can play that scenario out with your opponent or, you know, with like your mentor and be like, Hey, I'm really trying to get better with the avatar list. If I lose the avatar early and they may say, okay, you know, play, you know, you get five orders or they may have a number in their head and they like, Hey, I'm going to tell you when the avatar dies and now you have to figure out what your game plan is i'm not going to tell like i might not say it's seven orders but i know in my head okay in a seventh order i'm going to tell them okay uh, i actually won this combat you're pick it up put it away now figure out what the rest of your list is doing and i think there's a lot of value to that but it's it is hard to to do just because it is like that requires a lot of uh, planning up front from your from your mentor and which is which is why I do mention like coaching and potentially even coaching services and such which I don't think there are in infinity but um, because that's like hey that's kind of your expected like in that situation that was you know when, when I was working with with uh, Jack it was like that was what was expected you know it'd be like hey I'm going to this event and he's like okay I'll make scenarios that like we, we're gonna work through on TTS or or other you know or just talk about our previous games uh, Use TTS as well uh, I hate TTS personally, but like if you're trying to get better and you're trying to focus on specific game, like game states, being able to do it online, you know, maybe I'm wearing pants. You doctored, you don't know. Um, but like you can do that. Where if I'm at the game store, he definitely knows if I'm wearing pants or not.
1: Not unless you're really skilled, not unless you are, in fact, the camouflage token. This sentient trash can is playing infinity with me. My God. This trash can says, why not wearing
2: pants? <laughs> oh my God and the last piece of advice that i think is like really really important because this one's more about like not stunting your growth and we said it once or twice but it was uh i want to say jack told me it may have been a different art of work uh player who had, who had originally said it but the you're allowed to brand your dice for 24 hours after 24 hours figure out what you could have done differently uh because there's again everyone's going to have good and bad dice you're going to remember your bad dice only and there is again infinity is a little bit different than, than warhammer because you know the, the statement in warhammer is why was your whole game plan that you were going to make a seven inch charge why were you at a point where the only way you could win or lose was that seven inch charge that was your mistake let's figure out how you win without having to re- essentially need to roll the dice infinity you don't really have that option it really does bake in the randomness but if, you're, if your whole game plan, especially like, you know, obviously like third turn when you have both have like four models left and you're just like, I need to book it across. But even then, well, maybe could you have done something else to not have one model have to sprint across the board and make every single dodge and hit and hit the button on his last order? You know, maybe you had two models that could do that. So try to find ways to figure out either dice redundancy or you know just redundancy in your plan or even if you have to make a a risky play like you know okay i have to attack his castle well i have two vectors to do it so i have i essentially that situation i have redundancy i have two ways yeah one may be a lot better but let's take the better way oh it failed the dice didn't go my way okay we'll do the other way and maybe that one will succeed but if your whole game plan ever comes down to one dice roll, again, even up to and including the, you know, it's the last button press of the game, you probably could have found a way to at least make it two dice rolls. Uh, and that should always be something you focus on. Uh because that will make you a better player because you're not focusing on the randomness. You both have the same level of randomness. Unless one of you is using weighted dice that you're going to try to flush down the toilet later. Um, you you will both, in theory, have the exact same chances every single time. You know, a, a D20 has a 5% chance on landing on any single one of its surfaces. So figure out what you can do better. That's the only thing you can control. You can't control that D20 roll. <laughs>
1: Unless it's guided missiles, and
2: then you then you just fucked.
1: Then <laughs> <laughs> you blame
2: guided. <laughs> yeah, and then then you then you write angry The amount of like angry emails drafted by Doctor D after after any event. The guided missile. Why doesn't
1: it have a downside? I don't care that it's order intensive. There's no way to defend against it.
2: It's butts. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> anyway, if you know, you're going to play against Dr. D bring guided and you already start tilting him. You already start tilting him. Oh, yeah.
1: <sighs> no, it's not. It's not the guy that bothers me. It's as soon as I see the stupid, uh, the heckler with the, the dumb drop air, that's when I start getting, I can feel my, my butt closing, <laughs> making diamonds.
2: And if, if you start feeling you're getting tilted in a, 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 a even in a tournament game, when you're on the clock, you know, this is actually why I like chess clocks cause, because then you can flip it to your own time and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna go step back from the table for like two minutes, and it's on my time. I just need to like go. In- I just need to go to the parking <laughs> lot real quick and scream because Norquist rolled another fucking sixteen and died. Um, I d- I just need to go do this. I'm sorry, it's on my time. Obviously, again, I don't think Infinity would work with chess clocks. Please don't bring chess clocks in Infinity. But like, but acknowledge are like, hey, I'm going to take two minutes. I will, you know, do my best. If we hit time, it's my fault. Or like, if you know, if we're in the last like five minutes of the round, I'll give you all that time because I just need to go and untilt myself, and that is so important because I've seen that red. You do your third order and it still fails, and you're just like you slide the fourth order token over and like, you're, you're not even looking anymore. You're just like, I will slide as many order tokens to complete this stupid action. And I've had, I've had opponents who have been very kind and they go like, Hey, stop. Think for two seconds. This is your fourth order. Trying to hit the button. Stop. Like, or or at least justify it. Because like I, I have had that where it's like, no, I'm I still need to do it. It you know, it it gets me the points. Um like, you know, again, like, I think it was like I had to do an action twice and I, I got it once and then it just kept failing. And it's like, no, I really do need this point. But yeah, like I need to I need to take a step back and breathe.
1: I mean, I know I've done that with Zoe. I mean, it's and it's especially frustrating when you need a fifteen on the whip roll and you just can't do it. Oh my goodness! It is so frustrating. We've all been there. So when you feel yourself getting tilted, just remember that literally everyone who's played this stupid game has done the same thing, and just put it into perspective. You're having a bad run. It's fine. Maybe you lose the game, but you'll always be around to win. And the you can take
2: medalist most most important one,
1: and you can take medalist again unless it's guided, and then you're just fucked. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> anyway. Is there anything else? Are there any other points, Brady?
2: No, we, we hit all my main ones, all my big bugbears, all my big like, you know, don't blame your, don't blame your dice. Don't blame your list. Focus on what you can control. Play more game. Play more games. Uh, don't bring a freshly painted model because it will die first, no matter what. Uh, make sure you like, you know, if you, if you have a freshly painted, like new set of models, play one practice game before the tournament. So all, so you get all that bad juju out. Cause out of that, no, that that is real. I said all the luck, you know, everyone's got the same levels of luck. No, no, no. If you have a fully painted, like it hasn't hit the tabletop yet and you show up to a tournament, you've doomed yourself. Don't I mean, be that's dumb. just bad
1: juju. That's bad juju. You
2: can't fight the juju. It's that's not the bad, same as luck. Bad. bad juju is completely different.
1: Yeah. Completely different brand of, of hell. All right. Well, I think now is the perfect time to enter the things that we got wrong in the last episode segment. Brady, can you believe it? We got everything right. We didn't say anything wrong. Uh, the only one. So somebody did approach me and somebody told me something that you had said that if you had taken it out of context would have been incorrect. But because of the context of wh- of how you said it, it did make sense. So you technically weren't wrong. So you're technically, I don't want to say correct, but you were technically not wrong, which is kind of the best technicality that you would want. So well done, Brady. You did it.
2: Oh, that's even that's even better. I don't I wish I knew I wish I knew what that was. But I'm super glad I got it right, technically.
1: You did it. So Brady, we did it. That's another episode. I feel like I am significantly less of a doofus, and I fully intend to become a better player. And I'm gonna go find my Senpai and I'm gonna tell him to hit me with a ruler every time I like do something wrong.
2: Always love talking with you, Dr. D. This is a fantastic episode. Uh, I do want to end with the the one last statement. You don't have to get better at this game. If you're having fun, losing every single game or winning, like, you know, again, people can have fun and not, you know, you're you're perfectly fine with your skill level. That's perfectly fine. I do not want people to, like, leave this episode and be like, I have to get better to enjoy this game.
1: I think, and yeah, my closing thought on the whole thing is go into the uncomfort zone. Play stuff that's not optimized. Play stuff that doesn't make sense. See what happens. The best teacher is deep deep emotional pain.
2: Yeah, you know, like, you know, maybe try explosive combat jumping tags, like, I don't know, like, with, with damage 15 those don't exist. AP, AP combat rifles, if those ever were to exist, are, are double right. burst change rifles.
1: But if it was a tag, the the explosive template would only be like an inch and a half off the, the off the rim of the model. Damn, if they, sounds, if they ever made a model like that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awful. It's like if they were to dodge and not get hit by the template, they could just immediately get into close combat with your terrible close combat <laughs> tag. That'd be really bad.
2: Good thing, good thing CB would would never release something like that. Yeah. Thank goodness.
1: Anyway, guys, if you listen to this episode, give us a five-star review if we're worth five stars, which I think we are. I think we're pretty swell. I think we're great guys. So if you can, we would love it if you gave us a five-star review. And... um I don't know. You could do it on all the apps that you get our podcast on. You could put it in. You can carve it into a wall in a bathroom stall.
2: You can write it on a note and leave it at a truck stop.
1: Whatever you want to do. We appreciate it no matter what.
2: We really do. Again, also probably share it with your friends and family pets as well. Um, I, I think this, this was a really good four star episode. So maybe listen to the next one. I think I, we got a five star brewing. Um yeah, please. We always appreciate it. And where where can they uh, find us if they want to uh, tell us how great we are? Funnily enough, I've actually had people
1: reaching out to me, so it is working. People are li- oh my goodness, people are people are listening. You can find me at Doctor D on Discord, or you can email me at furypainting at gmail dot com. Keep it coming, guys. We love you.
2: And you can find me Brady T on on Discord at Brady T.
1: Thanks for listening, Nomads. Make sure you keep it popping out there and don't let Alef get you, or that cascada,
2: or whatever you say. It. It's never too late to embrace the combat jump explosive. <laughs>
0: On Tuesdays, the podcast version of Wait, Did I Roll a Wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol vlog is available. On Wednesdays, alternating releases on the Patreon, we have Settling the Southlands, our homebrew Wolforp actual play and the Slithering, a Pathfinder second edition actual play. And on Thursdays, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch.tv slash Professional Casual Network, we've got, wait, did I roll a wild, our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog. You can also check out back episodes of Elite Eight Showdown and the first 39 episodes of the Lost Omens podcast, the first 24 episodes of Settling the Southlands, and the first handful of episodes of The Slithering on the YouTube at YouTube.com slash The Professional Casual.